down the road, you'd be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the ones you did. So dream, explore, say yes to life. Be inspired to live life as an exciting adventure of discovery. You are listening to the Inspire Possibility Show, and I'm your host, Mark Sussman. Hi, everybody. This is Mark Sussnell, and you are listening to the Inspire Possibility Show. And every week I invite individuals I consider cutting-edge thought leaders, people that, are, that think out of the box, that, that show us a path. And hopefully I can learn from having a conversation with them, and hopefully you can learn too. And that's kind of my goal of, of doing this show, so that we perhaps do things that we've thought about and put on the back burner and maybe now it's time to do them. And one of the things that I was thinking about is, is how do you have these conversations with people that don't think like you do? For example, and, and where the difference really shows up, in my opinion anyway, is around religion and politics. And so that's why I invited Joan Blades to be our guest She's a co-founder of Living Room Conversations, and she is an authority, an expert on how to have these, these challenging conversations. So, so I'm glad to have you, Joan. Thanks for being willing to, to be our guest. Very happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so, so um, I assume that um, you have a lot of good information about these difficult conversations about. So tell us about how Living Room Conversations came to be. Well, I'm the founder of MoveOn.org, and I live in Berkeley. It became clear to me quite a while ago that I was not hearing, I didn't understand why people had viewpoints so very different than my own. And in particular, you know, in the early 2000s, I was going, climate change. Why aren't conservatives concerned about climate change? And I was able to have some really good um, conversations with conservatives through a group called Reuniting America back in 2004, 2005, 2006. By 2008 or 2009, it was harder to have a good conversation with conservatives. And I realized my experience had been very helpful to me and allowed me to discover that there were certain areas where we could really work together and have friendships. And even though there were things where I was still, you know, disagreed quite a bit, there was more understanding. And there was that warmth, that caring about each other that happened. And I realized that this is something that we all need to be able to do. And living room conversations are designed so that anybody that has the desire to and willing to to have a good conversation with someone with different viewpoints can do so if they're you know willing to 
abide by some conversation agreements and take this structure, which creates a container for people to really listen to each other. That's the core of it. The core is discovering that we like each other (laughs) and we can understand Uh, each other. uh Uh-huh. So the core is is to kind of find that common ground? Well, common ground implies the core is to find agreement. And I think the core is to find out we care about each other and develop more understanding. And often you do find that you agree more than you realize. But Uh I don't want to create the impression that it's all about agreement because – it's about, first of all, making that connection and coming to appreciate each other. And sometimes you find some really powerful agreements, but sometimes you find you really disagree and that you can still care about each other. So, so, then, so then what you did, you, you started this nonprofit, the Living Room Conversations? Well, I worked with a group of dialogue experts uh, from across the political spectrum, and we put together a conversation format that is massively reproducible because as the founders move on, I know there come times when things can go viral if they are structured in such a way that anyone can use them. And so living room conversations are small six-person conversations that are self-facilitated. Everybody in the conversation shares ownership for it being a good conversation. And the wonderful thing is that that is what tends to happen is people have great conversations. And sometimes they're so-so. <laughs> but, you know, it right. depends on, you know, what you bring and a lot of people now are increasingly un- unwilling to invite friends with different political views to co-host with them, which was the original uh, idea was two friends with different viewpoints, each invite two friends for a living right. room conversation. Well, as people have lost relationships and had have their relationships damaged, people are more anxious now about having a conversation across differences. So you know, we are working with a leader, um, one of our conservative partners, all sides to create mismatch, which, and they're working on the technology to basically think of match.com, but think of politics to find a political other for you. And then that will help people co-host. I just saw kind of a sad thing, you know. Yeah, to kind of interject here, saw an amazing film yesterday uh, that just came out. It's called The Best of Enemies, and it's Mm -hmm. about takes place in Durham, North Carolina, 1971, and it's about the relationship between a civil rights leader and and a Ku Klux Klan leader. And uh, just an amazing film. I mean, I, I had tears in my eyes. And uh, it's just about people, this way, they called it a charrette process, where they took, they had like a community process of 10 days, 
and they took these two leaders of opposite views, the civil rights leader and the Ku Klux Klan leader, leader and they made them co-chairman of the, of the whole 10-day conference. And amazing. And um, it gives you hope. But you're saying that your experience is that it's more difficult to have these living room conversations. People aren't as willing to have them. There's, yeah, there are more and more people that are not willing to have them because they're worried about hurting their friendships. And then there are other people that are deciding they don't want to talk to those people. We are thinking of people across the partisan divide as less than in ways that are really damaging. So the need for the conversations has grown. And some people are stepping up because they're recognizing that, and some people are stepping away because they've gone, I don't want to talk to those people. And that's a deep concern. So, so what is, how do we bridge the gap? Because I know I live in Marin. It's kind of like Berkeley. I mean, nobody in Marin mm-hmm. would ever admit voting for, voting for a Republican. It's almost like you could blackmail somebody. You say, hey, I'm going to tell him you voted for Trump, or I'm going to tell him you voted for Bush. And, and it's just, yep, it's just, and there uh, are probably people in Marin that did vote for Trump, and they wouldn't tell anybody. Oh, I and know. That's, that's what I'm saying. Is there, <laughs> yeah, I know. And for good reasons, uh, So right? how, do you, how do we bridge, how do we, yeah, I mean, how do we, and everybody says, well, we live, you know, in Northern California in a bubble and everything like that. And so how do we go about this? Because I'm guilty. I'm, I mean, I'm a guilty party, you know, at a certain level about, you know, my, my bias toward people that would vote for Trump. And, 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 uh, and then we get into the, so how do we, how, where do we, where do we go? How do we, what do we do to take this trend that you're seeing? How do we, what do we do to shift that trend? So people are willing to to have a a, a a willing dialogue and hopefully to to create uh, common ground. What what is what is how do we get around that? Well, um, I co-hosted a living room conversation with one of the co-founders of the Tea Party Patriots. So, you know. There are people we know <laughs> that know people <laughs> that would talk to us, perhaps. You know, we, it uh-huh. takes extra effort. You know, one of my, you know, that was two, two friends rude. One of my friends said, oh, you should meet Ralph. He's a conservative friend of mine. Met Ralph, really got along with Ralph. Ralph said, you know, co-founder of Move On, co-founder of Tea Party Patriots, you guys should co-host the conversation. He introduced me to Mark. Uh, and Mark and I talked for on the phone for, you know, off and on for a few months or more before we had enough kind of trust in each other to say, okay, I'd bring my friends to get together and have a conversation with you. But we did get to that point. And then we had this wonderful conversation about crony capitalism. So, you know, we said, okay, what do we want to talk about? And we didn't we didn't choose something uh, that was extraordinarily divisive or, or something that was where we had different facts because we've gotten to the point where we're so divided that 
there are places where we have different facts and that just leaves leads you up a route with no good exit. We chose crony capitalism where we discovered that we had quite a bit that we agreed on. We agreed that banks shouldn't be insured when they gamble with our money and get paid back and get to keep it when they gamble with our money and (laughs) make profits. We agreed that in the criminal justice system, there are way too many people in prison. War on drugs isn't a success, that we have to use evidence-based practices. And that kind of agreement led us to being able to be more effective in advocating around criminal justice issues. Mark and I both found ourselves speaking in public venues about this fundamental agreement because it wasn't just Mark and I that agreed. It was our friends as well. We went, whoa, wait a minute. He brought two friends that were quite different than him, uh, mom with a small business and, uh, you know, know, fairly young gentleman that was working in the extractive industries. And I had a couple of friends from my progressive world and it was a great conversation. And the fact that we all agreed on these things said, "Hmm, we should be able to do something here. And, you know, it led to some really powerful outcomes. So, you know, Sometimes you do find common ground, and sometimes it's good to start with a conversation that is not about your differences to build trust and to have you know more than one conversation, faith communities, more and more having living room conversations because love thy neighbor is central to all the great faith traditions, some version of that and our faith communities are where we go to become, you know, kind of our best selves. It's a powerful opportunity to, you know, kind of step into the conversations that we might have a little bit of discomfort with and try it out. So, what about what I are what are to, some of the other, you know, what are some of the other uh, topics? I mean, there's religion and there's politics, what are some of the other ones that that people would be helpful to have these conversations around? I guess maybe... We have, uh, over, we have hmm? over 80 conversations and they go from the aspirational to the high conflict. So if you're having a guns and responsibility conversation you better make sure that you have diversity in that group because if a bunch of progressives get together to talk about guns and responsibility, they're likely to just get deeper into their ain't they awful story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, if we have a conversation with people that we agree with, it allows us to just deepen our sense of, you know, righteous indignation. Whereas if we have a conversation with people on the other side, you start to go, oh, you know, you really feel safer when you have guns in your home. You really feel safer that there are good guys sitting in the theater with you that have guns. 
it it doesn't make me feel safer, but it does make some of my friends feel safer. Uh-huh. And I have to, I just get to, I have to sit with that. Right. Um, and it, I know they're, what's so powerful about this is I have a sense of these people and I like them. I, I have a great deal of affection for them. Uh, my friend Jacob in Utah, climate wasn't on his list of concerns when I first started talking to him, but it got onto his list of concerns. Not because I was incredibly persuasive, because, but because his friend Ben and I have, really care about that, and he really cares about us. <laughs> and, you know, we care about the things people we care about care about. Not the same way, but it leads us down that path to going, okay, well, if you care so much about this, maybe I care about it some. And then it opens things up. You know, we have had deeper conversations since then, and I've come to understand my concerns in different ways. You know, when Jacob said, ah, oh, so this is the progressive end time story, it's like, yeah, that's one way to look at it. It is, it is indeed. And right. for me, so let me Joan, to understand. Yes. So tell us about your website and and that you you know what you have so people if they want to um do you have any idea how many of these conversations are hosted every year around the country or it's just I mean is this just a, a Berkeley thing or is this a national thing so tell it's us about that and your thing. website Uh-huh It's a national thing um that I have partners all around the country Political diversity is essential to doing something like this. So, you know, partners from across the political spectrum. And we just finished the National Week of Conversation, which we did with Listen First and the National Conversation Project. And I think just last week there were hundreds and hundreds of conversations as part of that. And Living Room Conversations participated in that. So, there are organizations around the country, part of the Bridge Alliance and National Conversation Project, that are saying, okay, how can we start really being in relationship with each other? And conversations, living room conversations are happening in libraries and bookstores and churches, as well as living rooms and schools. All Sides Schools is a partnership between All Sides and Living Room Conversations that's in over 47 states already. And I think we'll be in all all 50 very, very soon. At the website, when you arrive at the website, the first page is just an invitation to join a conversation or join our community so that you could get right into a video conversation if you want to join one of the conversations we organize online. Or you can join our community, which is a good way to start. And you just get a weekly email from us that kind of points out the really interesting things that are one or more interesting things going on right now and gives you a sense of what's happening in this space. And you can watch videos that are of living room conversations or about living room conversations and see what topics are most popular right now. 
we just did Reckoning with Jefferson, which was a nationwide conversation on, on race, religion, and the America we want to be. And we did that um, along with a group that is trying to create familiarity with Muslims because a lot of people haven't met Muslims and that it just really helps to have a relationship, right? Right. I'm looking um, at your website now, Joan, and so you have an t- upcoming set of events. It's a free training. Vanessa Bolt. Uh, by the way, to the listeners out there, the website is livingroomconversations.org. That's again, that's livingroomconversations.org. And it looks like there's uh, on the 18th, that Thursday, a free training, the nuts and bolts of living room conversations. Yes. And um, then you have another one, looks like online living room conversation, tribalism 101, next door strangers. That sounds like a good one, huh? It's a great conversation. Next door strangers. Yeah. So tell me about that one. Um. Well, that's a conversation that started in Utah. Utah is actually one of our strongest states. Um, uh-huh. And there was a radio show that did this, and these conversations happened in various places in Utah. The lead into that, most conversations have a lead in that's very simple. In this one, it's tribalism, the behavior and attitudes that stem for strong loyalty to one's own tribe or social group. People on the left and right may disagree on many things, but they generally agree that tribalism is bad for our politics and country. Although most people want communities where all people have dignity and respect, respectful interactions are often not what we see modeled in the media and in politics. How do we build strong and unified communities in the divisive time. And then there are some questions that allow people to get into this. Uh, Name one or more groups you feel at home or strongly identified with, where you find a sense of belonging and or feel stronger together. Or what generalizations do you make about other groups? How do you evaluate or check the validity of your generalizations, if at all? How important is it to you that your generalizations are accurate? So you can imagine a group of six people, and six is a really nice number because it's enough that everyone really gets a sense of feeling heard and intimacy, and also enough that you get some very different perspectives. And think in terms of it's not just right left, it's age, it's gender, it's culture. There's a lot of diversity we can have in one six-person conversation. Mm-hmm. And so, typically the questions are like the ones I was just sharing. It's about your personal relationship with tribalism or your personal relationship with guns or forgiveness. You know, forgiveness is just a beautiful conversation. You know, with that conversation, I think age is perhaps one of the most significant differences. And, of course, personal experiences. I'm looking also on your website. Here's one, money and politics, 
Robert Reich, who a lot of us know, he was a former U.S. Secretary of Labor uh, under Clinton and UC Berkeley professor, still there now, right? And then, mm-hmm. oh, then the Tea Party co-founder, Debbie Dooley. I mean, that's like, wow, what a what a uh, you know what a what a diverse diverse. Yeah. Uh, but then again, you have people like Robert Reich, and he kind of does this all the time because I heard him. Like I heard him with he went on a tour with, I think it was Gordon Liddy. Was it Gordon Liddy? Somebody like that. And and uh, and they they go ahead and they you know they pretty much make that a, a make their living get, you know in the lecture circuit. So uh, we're a lot of you know a lot of people here are you know are never done this before. They're not pros, and so you have like a instruction manual for people to if they want to. So if somebody wants to host one of these living room conversations, they should go to your website, and then and then is there like a uh, an instruction thing they can download? Yes, you go to the topics area. We have everything you need to have a conversation. Now, some people prefer to go to the host training first because that just gives them a sense of, okay, there are other people doing this and they can ask, answer any question. But everything you need is right there in your, you know, mm-hmm. conversation guide. Cool. So, you know, the American Creed is a documentary that came out last year about, you know, basically what is it that we as Americans hold us together as Americans. Um, and... It featured, actually, Mark and I in part of it, but a bunch of other groups, too. And then it asks questions about, you know, what core values do you think Americans fundamentally agree on? What is the promise of the United States to its citizens and to the world? And mm-hmm. people, people can go deep with these conversations. And the structure is such that round one is just an opportunity for people to talk briefly about some of their core values. There's, you know, three questions and you choose one of them. You know, what's your sense of purpose or mission that guides you in your life? Or what would your best friend say about who you are and what inspires you? Or what are your hopes and concerns for your community and our country? And once everyone's, you know, talked a little bit about some aspect of their, you know, view in this context, you're looking at everybody in the room and kind of seeing their humanity, right? And then you get into the topic area, which is American creed or food or, you know, there are great conversations about food too, veganism and, you know, it it allows them. And the final round... is reflection and next step. So it's not ever supposed to be a debate. It's a listening practice. And right. it's not so I'm looking again on, yeah, on the website. There, it looks like they're, we're running out of time here. But again, to the, you know, all of you listening to this show, go to livingroomconversations.org, and there, there's an instruction about how to host a conversation. And um, so I think it's a, a fabulous concept and and I want to um, 
thank you, Joan, for your um, vision, for having a vision of, of doing something like this, and and your commitment and and your hard work to, of creating all these partners all across the country. So, thank you for being our guest on the Inspire Possibility Show, and to You're all welcome. of you thank out you there. Thank you for having me. Yeah, oh, it's been my pleasure, and. Um, to all of you out there that are listening to the show, you know, every week we have amazing thought leaders out there, people that are going to inspire us. And, and until next week, in the meanwhile, journey on. Thanks for listening. I hope you feel inspired to take the next step in your life. And if you haven't already, please take the time to visit my website at inspirepossibility.com and discover the various services and products we offer that could just very well change your life.